Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain, Bradley Burrows and guests. Welcome to the NZ Tech Podcast. This is episode number 44. Welcome yes. aboard. Yay. You're with Paul Spain. You're Bradley Burrows. And Skip Parker. How are we doing tonight, guys? Good. I'm warm. I'm very warm. From negative three to this, it's uh, it's good. Great to have everyone uh, back in the studio together again. Now, tonight, we are talking 3D projectors. We're talking Black Friday sales stats in the US, covering Amazon's Kindle Fire. We've got some uh, news from Facebook. We're talking about Telstra Clare's activities over the weekend with unmetered broadband, uh, car technology, <laughs> updates from uh, Xbox. We've got all sorts. Yeah, it's a broad show tonight, isn't it? It is. It is. So let's let's jump straight in, as always. Now, first up, 3D projectors. Yes. We've had a look at a couple of these during the year, and we're just in the process right now of reviewing uh, the offerings from Panasonic and Epson. So just giving a, a heads up on that, um, we will, we'll be looking at those in detail really over the next couple of weeks. So it's just, just a heads up to let everyone know we're, we're looking at those and we will be reporting back on the show over the, over the next couple of weeks really with our, with our findings on, on what we recommend. So if that's something that you're looking at for a Christmas sort of purchase or for Boxing Day sales and, and whatnot, although those aren't usually the sort of items that are, that are heavily uh, discounted or discounted at all, but well worth um, Having having some uh, some feedback on on the options before you go and buy one. Interesting, you talk about that because in the US, the, you know, the, the big screen TVs all exist, and I mean, the average you walk in now, you get a sixty inch. That's the what you walk in and get. But there's not a, there's not a big range. It is all projectors over there. So the um, when we you don't see a lot of projectors even in retail though. Even in the US, I've well, noticed that they're hard to sell in retail. No, I, I, the, the, that's the thing I've, I've saw is different this time. Was when I was in Fry's and Best Buy's. There were 22 projectors all lined up broadcasting, which we didn't see that before. No, and, no, I haven't seen that before. It was really, really interesting how they've actually started to move into that projector space. And they had what's called um, small throw projectors. So little tiny projectors where you don't actually have to have um, a lot of distance to get a big picture. And those are, those are all the big sort of rage over there at the moment. And these are all doing 1080p and HDMI and everything. So uh, I think we're going to see... The th- while the 3D will be sort of the um, what we're going to review will be sort of coming up, um, it, it, I think the smaller ones are really going to come into play very very soon, and they're cheap. They're only some of these were like twelve hundred bucks, and I was like, ooh. Yeah, th- I mean, there's definitely some good sort of starting starting yeah. options at those those sorts of price points, but the the full HD and the 3D is really where it's uh, you know we, mm. where the where the market seems to be settling. Uh, so no, that will be that'll be mm. that'll be good to uh, to chat through that. Now, Nokia, they had their uh, their, their phone launch uh, recently yes. for their new um, Windows phones. Yep, the Lumia 800, I think there's, it was. Yeah, the 800 and there's the 710. Some interesting stats that came through uh, on the on the web, and there have been various things. Some people saying, oh, they're not selling very well, but uh, there was a, um, a, a website that was showing the stats for Vodafone and some of the others, and the Lumia 800 was the second best selling uh, phone for Vodafone uh, UK off their website uh, just in the last in the last week or so. So they've got a section wow. where you can order by what's, what's most popular. The number one, of course, was the iPhone 4S, which had, had just come out mm. uh, naturally. So, yeah, that was interesting to see. Yeah, but the launch they did in the UK 
Wow. Yeah, we watched that, didn't we? That wow. was stunning. I mean, that that is uh, that surely must have grabbed some hearts and minds in that little giant building exercise. Nokia know how to launch phones. They really, really do. I mean, it's just, yeah, wow. Well, that, really that's their business, isn't it? Yeah. Is selling phones. Great. So they know how to get out and show things off. Uh, what we might do is put a link up if anyone is interested in, in seeing that event. There's uh, there's a video online that that shows this building with all of the uh, video projected all over it. Yeah, and, it's pretty uh, this impressive. was a, a gig featuring uh, Dead, Dead Mouse, so uh, yep. that was pretty cool. They're using 4D technology on that one. It's really quite interesting, actually. Have a watch here. Yeah, we'll put that up on the website. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, Black Friday stats. Brad, while, <laughs> yeah. you were, while you were in the US, things were were record-breaking in terms of online sales and, and sales over that Black Friday and Cyber Monday in, in terms of product sales. Yep. Like in, in, in one day, there was uh, over a quarter of a billion dollars worth of um, you know product sold with those sales. Yeah, over the over the full weekend, the, the numbers were dramatically higher than that. I think Cyber Monday broke all records and was much bigger even than, than the Black Friday. Yes, about 37% bigger, yep. So it's yeah some some pretty um, some pretty crazy numbers. What were the other things that you you picked up on that was that was big? So the, the big thing is Black while Black Friday is online, it also pulls it's more people going out in, in the shops as well. Whereas Cyber Monday is pure online. So there's a bit of a so one's a hybrid and one's pure online. Um, the other big one that was sort of making a lot of media over there is take a guess at how many um, uh, Xboxes that were sold. Rough guess. Skip, you're not allowed to answer. Paul, take a rough guess at, at how at how many per minute were being sold. This was the one that, that they were all jumping on on the Monday morning um, after. Well, I remember I remember on last week's show you were telling us about seeing people you know walk out of Microsoft store with three Xboxes and and yep. and Connects. Um, that's one store. There's quite a few stores. Actually, I have no idea. Tell, tell, <laughs> so, tell me. So they sold no, in 24 hours. They sold 940,000 Xboxes at or at 555 Xboxes per minute, and 740,000 connects in 24 hours on Black Friday. That is insane. And absolutely insane. And um, the people like Mary Jo Foley were trying to find out, like, who, who's buying all these Xboxes? And some people come back saying, you know what, I'm buying my second and my third because they were 200 bucks. Well, why not? I mean, I I, I the, won myself an Xbox, and I turned my old Xbox into a DVD player. Yeah, and I mean, we're going to talk about the new dashboard a little bit later, mm. and this is what people are going to be looking forward. But I mean, I, I actually witnessed, I mean, like I said, I stood outside some stores and, and watched um, sort of people coming out. And, you know, we're talking, like like I said, two to three ex- physical Xboxes with games and just, <laughs> just all the merchandise. It was unbelievable. But also over there the other hot ticket item that was only being bought online was the Amazon Kindle device and that was just rocketing along and I think we talked about last week you know Amazon have come out and said look we're actually going to increase our forecast um, by 2 million we're going to sell 6 million units by Christmas and um, but in saying that there's been also some other interesting areas where um, just the, the amount of physical um, uh, what the, what the, one of the big things they're looking at with the Black Friday was how many people bought on credit cards versus cash and apparently it was 33% down um, on using credit card this year. So Americans have got more cash in their pockets. They're actually going out and, and spending physical cash 
than they were using uh, getting themselves into debt. So they're really worried about everyone getting more into debt over there. So wow, so that, that, that's kind of odd. Yeah, because so if the Black Friday, that's where I was saying there's more people going out to stores than actually physically buying. Um, Cyber Monday, they were still processing all that. I, I mean, literally, I got spammed like you wouldn't believe around all the different offers. Uh, you could pick, you know, different devices up. There were five hundred dollars off of a laptop. You get a you know, i seven dual core laptop for four ninety nine. <laughs> you know, so uh, they, they were, and that was down from nine ninety nine. That type of stuff. So, the, 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 if you're going to buy, I mean, this is where they do the bulk of their shopping over there. Cyber Monday is purely online, um, but I didn't find the deals as great as I thought they'd be. I mean, when I'm going into consumer stores over there, like Fries and Best Buys and the different PC stores. You know what, for New Zealand and, and Australia, our hardware is pretty much the same. Um, in fact, some of the hardware is cheaper here, like hard drives and memory, is actually physically cheaper here. So, But the physical PC, if you're going to buy a complete unit, is a lot cheaper over there at this point in time. That's interesting. interesting. Yeah. yeah, it was. Because yeah. I, I, was, I was going to come back with a whole lot of components. And I, I, I thought I looked up online on PB Tech and those type of stores, and I was like, you know what, I could get it cheaper. I can actually physically get a two-terabyte hard drive cheaper. So Actually, you almost came back with nothing. Yeah, I had a, quite an interesting thing. My bags went to Anchorage, which is in northern Alaska. <laughs> so I flew Alaskan Airlines down to San Francisco, Oops. and my bags went the opposite direction. So I, I actually boarded my Air New Zealand flight. Air New Zealand, you rock, by the way, because I'll tell you why in a second. And I boarded with no bags, and I had all the toys, in, not our, our toys and also the kids' toys in those bags. So I almost didn't have any bags, but then they put me into business class, which I have to say thank you for. It was quite nice. Wow. So from economy into business, I was quite stoked about that. Oh, good guys. Good guys. Pat on the back to yeah, New Zealand. and I was showing them the Kindle Fire because I did have that in my bag, and they were all going, oh, I might have to get one. <laughs> I can see I can see where, you know, Auckland, Anchorage kind of gets mixed up, you know? Yeah. Well, one's, one's North Pole, one's South Pole, you know, hey. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's just a minor difference. <laughs> but look, I landed in Auckland Airport, and they'd got my bags there within a couple of hours wow yeah I was really impressed really, New Zealand were very very good so got quite a good system going on yeah that's, that's, that is fantastic now other bits and pieces of technology cars yes you've so, had fun haven't you so so, have, how many crashes have you had though and the automatic parking we've got to talk about oh, this we've got to talk oh, about yeah. this okay so what happened was we just we de- we decided or I made the executive decision that it was time for NZ Tech Podcast to have a look at some of this other te- technology that's being uh, incorporated into uh, vehicles and the first of that was um, was the Ford Mondeo Titanium so that's what uh, what I've been having a look at over the last week do you've had it for how long uh, about a week. About, what, about seven days. Yeah. And what is it? What have you actually got inside from a technology side of it? So yeah, I was you know, I was reasonably surprised as sort of a, um, yeah, I guess in, in the scheme of, we, you know, when you look at vehicles with technology, usually for uh, high-end type of technologies that are, you know, away from just what you would get in a normal car, you know, normal car, you might be able to get Bluetooth, that sort of stuff, but there's not a whole lot of fancy uh, tech in there. Uh, so you know, normally to get those sort of high-end technology, you're looking at a Mercedes or very high-end BMWs and those sorts of things. But um, but this was the, um, as I said, the Ford uh, Mondeo Titanium, which I think is worth about fifty-three thousand. Um, so you're you're talking probably a you know, third to a quarter of the price of of some of uh, some of those other high-end cars with um, with you know good tech. And so the sort of tech I'm talking about that it had in it was. Um, 
Oh, lots, lots of little things. For instance, you'd look in your um, wing mirrors to see, you know, to see whether you've got room to move into another lane. And if someone's in your blind spot, you've got a little flashing light in the mirror just to let you know that it's it's scanned out and it's actually seen there's a vehicle in that in that place. So it's actually watching in your blind spots with cameras or, or, or infrared beams type thing. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure of all of the technologies that it that it uses, but I think yeah, there's a there's a mix of you know probably infrared laser type beams and so on too. Um, uh, yeah, scan out and check whether there's something there. So that's quite cool. Uh, there's other a uh, few other bits and pieces. One um, is it scans for lane markings, and if it sees you sort of wandering out of your lane, this bit's really cool. It lets you know on the screen. So there's a picture of your car, and then there's sort of lane markings next to it, and they will flash if you're actually if they're very close. And the other thing, and gamers will love this, you know, your sort of rumble pack and, and things on yeah. your, you know, on your, your um, PlayStation and you get, you know, the, the uh, equivalent on your Xbox and so on. Well, the steering wheel does that on the on the Mondeo to let you know that, that, that you're actually driving out of your oh, out, that's of, cool. out, of, out of the zone that you should be in. Kind of like um, you notice on on some of the motorways and the edges of roads where they've actually put you know uh, little bumps into the uh, into the road so that you can feel it feeding back onto the car wheel. So yeah. it, it actually feels like that um, because your steering wheel is giving you a similar sort of judder to say, you know, hey, careful, you're, uh, you're driving out of your lane, Paul. You've been, uh, um, you know, you're not watching the road. You're playing with the gadgets too much or, or you're talking on the phone or, um, you which, know. Which is, of course, you wouldn't be doing, would you? <laughs> no, none, none of those, not at all. Of course, my old Ford does the same thing, my old Monday, but it's more of um, once I'm in the rail itself that the force <laughs> feedback kicks in. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> That's a slightly different feature, uh, Skip, and uh, a little bit more expensive to deal with the consequences, potentially. (laughs) I'm I'm pleased to hear that it has the force feedback because you're saying it's got a little screen and the light flashes on the screen when you're in the lane. I'm like, well, that's kind of distracting. But the force feed, that's a pretty cool feature. I quite like that Yeah, I I like that. And you've got um, little uh, controllers on on either side of your steering wheel for things like uh, controlling. There's a little on-screen menu so you can choose... Uh, yeah, stereo type functions and Bluetooth, and yeah, you know, I just I'd called somebody on uh, on Saturday night, and I was out in the car, and I needed to let them know that the motorways were were blocked up with some of the roadworks they were doing, and I was actually caught with a dilemma because there are so many choices for how to dial. So these vehicles have got <laughs> have got your voice feature in there, you've got the menus and all of the all of these things, uh, but I I chose for the menu because it was just going to be very quick and accurate to get mm-hmm. the result. And I just called them a few minutes before I'd been in the car. So I was able just to navigate the menu very quickly and it was able to pull up the recent calls out of my phone and I just selected the, the you know the most recent one and, and dialed that and it was great. So um, quick, two quick questions. One, you paired obviously with your Windows phone. Did you have any issues? And the second part of that, did you try pairing with any other devices as well? Um, I've just I've just so far have paired with a with a Windows phone. I know it also works with iPhone, Android. I haven't tried any, I ha- but I haven't had a chance to test all the devices yet. Imagine sorry, imagine Siri with that as well. That'd be mm, that would be awesome. Mm. Well, I did try the. Um, in fact, I was driving driving out um, to Fenuapai uh, Airport on Saturday night. Um, I got a text message from uh, from somebody as I was driving, and of course, Windows Phone features kick in, and it offered to read the text message to me, and I said yes, 
and then it offered it asked me if I wanted to reply. I said yes, and I dictated a response, and it sent that for me. And that so, was through the car system, and then into your phone or through the phone. So that was through the car, you know, head, yep. head headset and everything. But That's then cool. you know, leveraging what's built into into Windows Phone, so you can you can sort of mix and match, I suppose, uh, between the voice capabilities in your phone. So it might be Siri on iPhone, uh, might be some of the voice uh, capabilities on the. Um, uh, some of the voice capabilities on Android or Windows Phone capabilities. So, yeah, the, the, all of those things will work as well as well as there being built-in ro- voice recognition that lets you dial by number and so on. So I tried that as well. Uh, that was quite interesting. You can dial by number and by name using the car's capabilities, but it does take a little while to learn the little nuances of the system. But I think if you if you own the vehicle, it's not going to take you long to figure out. What I found was saying... 021 as a number I was much better to, to say 021 because sometimes it gotcha. would it would you know it would misunderstand the O so you would just learn those things and then you would actually just be able to actually dot, read out a number to it and and so on but uh, yeah really really cool really now cool. does it have SatNav built in or does it use like um, I'm going to come onto this in a minute around our experience in the US mm. um, but does it have SatNav and or does it use your local phone mapping system um, so the the models that I've tried didn't have any uh, SatNav in them. But I think there are Ford models that have some you know, sat-nav options. The other thing that's coming up, and there's always new technology coming up, right? So um, one thing to bear in mind is mid-next year we're going to see uh, that Ford Sync technology that, that, that we tried out, you. Brad, in, in yeah. the US. That's coming to New Zealand. So that that's the one really cool announcement is that Ford and Microsoft have got all their, their little you know bugs and things ironed out because it's been in the US now for you know a good couple of years. And that's now launching into international markets, including New Zealand, around mid next year. Yeah, because there's, there's nothing worse than blue screening your Ford one day in the middle of the motorway. <laughs> how, do you, how do you do control alt delete in a car? Exactly. <laughs> no, but, but the one thing I have, right, let's just say you spent your $55,000 and got your Ford Mondeo, which is, you know, it sounds like a really cool car. But my concern would be, and it's like with any piece of technology, but the price difference is, well, I want the Ford Sync. Now, do I get like, is it like I get an in-place upgrade, like over the air? Or do I actually miss out on that piece of technology? Because when I'm buying a Kindle or an iPad, that's a two... $1,000 purchase for argument's sake right but with a car it's a $53,000 IT purchase you know besides being a car so I'd want to make sure that I've got some security that the features can either get upgraded and or you know I don't have to buy a new car just to get the sat nav feature for instance when I've already got all the, all the guts of it there so that's something I'd like Ford to sort of let us know on if they can as far as I'm aware those things aren't available and it's, it's much like you know you decide what car you want I want this body kit I want this colour I want and then you know, three months down the track, oh, actually, I want green instead of blue, and those sort of things. So you've you've got to base those on what on yeah. what's available. I think it's pretty major to change the the guts of a of a car out to something something quite mm. different. Uh, but you, you yeah. clearly haven't been a Land Rover owner. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of different. Um, but <laughs> but there, there are a few other things that I really liked. It's got a really cool. Um, uh, what do you what what do you call it? Uh, cruise control. That's the words I'm looking for. A uh, really cool cruise control feature 
This is the adaptive cruise control thing? Yeah, so that's really cool. So you just you set to whatever speed you want, and let's say you're in the fast lane on the motorway and someone pulls into your lane, on a normal cruise control system, you put your foot on the brake, it cancels cruise control, you slow down, you're back in control of the you know acceleration and so on. What the adaptive uh, cruise control capability that's built in does is if somebody comes into your lane, because it's got all those sensors, it can tell, slows you down accordingly, you set what your follow distance is, to sort of small or or, or large, um, you can't really tailgate someone with it. it it's got a bit of a, a bit <laughs> of a gap, uh, but you know you set that, and it will just slow you down accordingly. Once they're out of the way, uh, once you've run them off the road, whatever it is, um, then it'll pick up back up to whatever speed that you've set it to. Uh, I've tested it, and it allows you to set the cruise control speed up to 180 k's an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, That's all I'm going to say. I won't give any details about that. Well, then, uh, the, then the other question, I'm looking at some of the features. Have you tried out the emergency braking assist system? Uh, I did I did talk <laughs> with the guys at Ford around uh, testing that out, and they recommended that um, it would probably be unwise to do that. But it sounds like a really, a really cool feature. Again, one of those things that, you know, $150,000, $200,000 car, you know, will have that sort of feature where yeah. if you're about to smash into somebody, it applies the brakes for you and tries to uh, save your bacon. So some of the cool features um, that my wife's current car actually has is, is it, it parks, you can park itself and look behind you and park it. <laughs> so, so Paul, does, tell us about your experience doing that tonight. <laughs> All right, so for the first time, I decided to try that, that feature out. and um, Just just pause there because I'm sitting there wondering why is Paul taking so long to park this blooming car outside the right, radio station. Outside the station yeah. Now, I've never used this, I've never tried this feature before myself. <laughs> So um, I've I've seen it, but I hadn't hadn't tried it. So I was very cautious. So what you control is you control the um, uh, the acceleration sort of forward and back, but it does the steering it does the steering for you. And so letting go of the steering wheel for me because I I don't feel that I have too many issues with parking. I have to say. Um, Actually, you, you have a gift for parking. You do. I will say this. But he has control issues. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway, so I had to uh, let my control issues aside and, and let it do the steering <laughs> for me. Now, this particular park was one that was fraught with a lot of danger as we when we thought about it afterwards because it's, it's right near a... <laughs> it's a drop-off. There's a drop-off, a right? There, 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 there's an edge there. There is a small... Um, um, edge, yeah, edge. It's a small concrete. If it had failed, uh, the car would have been on epicfail.com. Yeah, yeah, this would have been all, all over the place, uh, YouTube and so on. Uh, but actually, it did a really good park. Now, a couple of things. One, you set, you press a button to tell it that you want it to scan for a park, and then you drive forward. You have to drive past the car park and keep going probably, I don't know, a half a car length or a car length or something while it... it fully scans it and then it'll tell you to put it in reverse and then you just watch as the wheel spins and it you know tightly turns you slide in then you accelerate forward and it lines you up and straightens up the car which i know some you know some of them don't do that straightening up thing but it, it did a really good job of it but definitely- could you walk away like thinking okay that's a good park or did you have to clean it up a little bit no, I looked at it and it was wow. I wouldn't have parked that close myself. It was really it, it was it, clinical. It was nice. It oh, was awesome. Yeah, it, it was, was very, very clinical. Very well done. Yeah. And, and to be honest, you have picked the worst car park in the neighbourhood to try and park the car at. Yeah. And it nailed it. So oh, yeah. Well, well, done. well done to the Ford engineers who ever figured that out. Uh, there were a bunch of other things that were cool. I really liked the way the Bluetooth. Um, whole Bluetooth setup on it worked compared to you know I've got a Sony head unit that I've had installed in my own car. 
this was Sony kit but really tightly integrated with a steering wheel and so on I like the fact that I would jump into my car I'd maybe been yeah I've been listening to a podcast when I jumped out when I jump back in that just picks up and plays automatically from the point that it was when I got out now that's a nice little touch isn't it yeah so I liked that and being able to use the controls on the steering wheel as well to sort of fast forward or rewind uh, through when you're listening to that oh, that stuff which in the past like I've that. always had to get my phone out yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Oh, I just want to flick to the next track or those sorts of things so that that's just straight off the steering wheel on the on the Mondeo and I really liked that. It's kind of cool. I mean, so what other cars in the market besides the Ford cars have this type of technology is, or is Ford pretty much the leading one in the space, like with the full gambit of what you're talking about? I think a lot of European cars have it, but as Paul pointed out, the price break's pretty high. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, definitely, I mean, I'm I'm not in the market for, for a car at the moment, but if I was, this is the sort of thing I'd be looking at, or, you know, if you're buying, you know, I don't know, fleet, you know, work vehicles and that sort of thing. Um, then I think there are some benefits of actually having this technology in there, uh, particularly that Bluetooth type stuff. That's really cool, and some of those other safety type features, blind spot, and you know, letting you know when you're going out of your lane or about to crash into someone. And of course, you've got those reversing sensors and things that let you know if you're you know reversing and you're about to hit into somebody. Uh, when you when you're parking and and the like, so yeah, there's some pretty cool features. Now the uh, Mondeo didn't have the self park, but the one that I've just um, just started uh, testing today, which was the Ford Focus Titanium, I think that's a 2012 model because they mentioned that it's not out until next year, and no one else in the media in New Zealand's played with that one yet. So I think we've just managed to. Uh, get a little bit of a scoop on that one or we've um, broken an NDA one of the two yeah. <laughs> oops yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah but that that was pretty cool and that one's got the self parking in it so yeah it's worth having a look through if you are I mean if you are out to get a car it's worth having a look at these anyway just just to try them out but it is the top of the line model across each you know uh, the top of the line um, addition across each model that, that has all of these high tech features so if you go down to the lower uh, the lower cost models, they don't tend to have the full feature set in them. Okay, I've got two questions. I will, I've got one statement. Maybe this week you should try and find a car park that this thing can't park at. I want to hear some funny stories. I'm, I might end up smashing up the car. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, uh, okay, so we talk about this. I mean, we, we talked about all the technology in the car, and I watched a video clip from a competitor of Ford's the other day talking about the future of cars and they showed in this clip all the amazing things that are gonna, cars are going to do but what they didn't show was actually driving the car it was one of those things that you don't really talk about so are these cars actually fun to drive I mean are they good to drive do they handle well I mean that's yeah I, I mean I, I certainly the, the two that I've these two that I've tried were really nice now interestingly the, um, they were both diesel so I wasn't sort of expecting much in terms of uh, performance, but it w- they, were, they actually were pretty good. And from a running cost perspective, then you, your running cost is, is dramatically less with a with a diesel compared to um, uh, you know petrol. So I thought that that that, that was pretty good. Um, you still, you know, you, you do still end up paying about the same. Well, you got because you got road, road user, user charges, charges and so well. on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I found it was it was pretty good. The amount I you know I put some put some gas in it, and I mean it it's got on screen readouts that'll tell you what you you know what you're getting uh, in terms of your mileage or kilometerage or whatever it's called in New Zealand. 
um, they're, yeah, they're pretty good stats there and, and things that will, will help you drive the car efficiently if you're so inclined. But no, I just had lots of fun driving it around and all these sort of features. It's, you know, there's a bunch of things that, you know, it turns on the headlights for you when you're coming into a car park and you're turning the wheel, at, you know, or, or out on the, the, um, out on the open road and you sort of turn the wheel it it adjusts the lights for you as you're coming into a corner so you can see you know you can sort of see into that corner Uh, so there's a whole there's a whole bunch of things but yeah definitely fun to drive no no question about that one right oh now next on the lineup is the xbox 360 major major update coming in the next uh probably 72 hours i'd say a couple of hours or so uh, launched in the US on the 6th of December which it's the 6th here in NZ and we've been advised that uh, from probably probably late this evening the update will be available uh, here in New Zealand too. Yeah the general feel that I get when I when we do the big updates the big updates is that it can take up to 72 hours for a every user to get that update because they stagger them I mean ah, okay. you just so, imagine yeah fair enough doesn't hit um, everyone at once they've just sold 555 uh, consoles per minute in the states <laughs> just imagine all of those guys going for an update at the one time I mean it well, was 65 million Xboxes out there and yeah. 55 million people on Xbox Live yeah so, so it's, just to give you an idea. they've got to stagger it and it, it's fine I mean people get used to it the only downside with it uh, and it's probably good that it's midweek and that's probably why they do it, is you can't often play with your mates online until everyone's got the update. So um, it's a little bit of a downside. There's a bit of a downturn in, in gamer online gaming while this occurs. But this new dashboard update is freaking mint. This is this, <laughs> is, a huge, this is a huge change for Xbox. I mean, It's a major we, release. We have seen from them over the last couple of years that there's a new... Uh, user interface design comes out around this time um, each year. Have so, I got that right? Is it every year? Yeah, well, it has varied, hasn't yeah. it, in terms of when they've come out. But this one is not like the last ones. No. This is this is really is a huge change. So right? what what they normally do is they have a major release in them for the next year or two. They build little incremental fixes, features that they didn't get in there, and then every few years they do a major release. This thing is beyond major. This is a redesign of what the function of the Xbox is going to be. Um, you know, you, if you're in the US, you've got TV built in there. You've got an app store. You've got social networking. You've got Bing's voice search. You've got your all your different um, video, music, uh, marketplaces. If you've got, you know, there's just a massive ecosystem now of, I'll be honest, a gaming console with uh, tiles. You've now got a complete device sitting in front of you and it's and the tiles are actually um if you're used to windows phone or you've seen any of those interactive tiles this know, is really this is really, really win, windows 8 and windows phone combined. user interface sort of combined into a format that works on a on a tv right yeah it is and it, and it gives you but it, it makes your gaming console um not just a gaming console not anymore. a gaming console it's, anymore it's is it facebook twitter i mean I've got Netflix, Hulu. I've got. I can do social media with you guys. I, I, it's just. It's everything. It's mm. just brilliant. And it, well, my, we're at home. Yeah. I mean, we if we're watching a movie, yep, we've got a US subscription, so we've got a little bit more available than what's normally available in in New Zealand. And, and visit the NZ Tech Podcast site if you want to know the tricks on how to set that stuff up. But w- you know, we will find we would never go out to to rent a, a a DVD and so on. We're using the Xbox as our sort of media console. Correct. For uh, for watching movies and, and TV programs, 
and linking up to a Windows Media Center as well to get all the local free view and, and you know, that type of content. Yeah. Now, these same features are going to be available after the dashboard update, but the changes are we've got a new interface and experience. There's new types of content coming, yes. like YouTube and, and, and other, yeah. uh, other, other things, uh, and you'll be able to control it with your Connect system, right? So you'll be able to talk and, and, and tell it to you know play whatever or find something or you'll be able to you know wave your arm and control it with with gestures right so the 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 voice i reckon the voice is better than the the actual physical connect stuff the voice is a lot more accurate than than the connect sensor side of things um and, and, and it supports a new zealand accent officially which it does which it, it understands it, yeah. it understands where we are but just doing the searching it just all pulls everything through so yeah it, it's really really good yeah, it is. I mean, I've um, I've been on the beta trial myself and um, playing with it from a because I mean I'm on, on a, I'm on a consumer beta trial. Brad's on a sort of internal trial, so he gets to see a lot more of the the stuff. I guess he's Lucky not, he's Brad. not giving us any information on what he's seeing, but he's just telling <laughs> us. He's just saying it's amazing. Um, but from a New Zealand only perspective, this thing actually flies. It actually works, and the voice recognition is m- just mint. Except if you've got a three-year-old in the house. Uh, <laughs> he starts because, yelling at it? Yeah, because he you should what's happening now is his whole his whole persona when it comes to using the DVD player in the house has changed. He will talk to the Xbox. Xbox, open tray. Xbox, close tray. And and just interacts with it and it just works. Wow. You know, Xbox play movie, all this sort of stuff. It actually just works. That's interesting because there's been a lot of I've noticed, you know, a, a couple of bits of you know press releases and media Microsoft are doing highlighting these functions and you know there was one um uh picture that they had sort of highlight look in the 1950s we had the re- you know the first remote control came out and it was wired into your TV and, and then we went to these uh you know ones that could do it via uh infrared and then we went to ones where you could have one remote control that would control all these devices and the next iteration is being able to do it with your voice and so you're saying this actually works yes it's, it's a real deal real deal works i like the interface it's nice and slick and it's a much better layout than the um it's way better than the original Blade system, yep. and it's much better than the original. I guess it's the sort of the updated Blades, which is what the current Xbox is at. It's fast too, isn't it? To it you? is slick, okay. and it's more social. You can actually see a lot more of your friends immediately on the dashboard as you're flicking through. Yep. Um, and yeah, I'm. I'm. So, who's the audience? Who who would enjoy having one of these? An Xbox was originally for gamers. Who should you? Who should use it? Anyone with a pulse. Yeah, I, I, I think it's changed. I think no, I think the audience has really? changed. I, I think it's I think it's gone from being a a gaming console. Yep. To it started to actually becoming what I think Microsoft talked about ten years ago, which was having you know the original black Xbox as the entertainment hub of the the household and that sort of stuff. I think well, that's the first time this, we're actually yeah. seeing that. And and the voice stuff is stunning. And the and it, the app app store you can start to see. Well, hold on. Now if they start to plug that into the um, Windows Phone app store, and you and you start to build all this stuff out. It's actually going to be. It's, there's some interesting prospects, but yeah, it is definitely something that I would say family members can use. It's not a gaming console anymore. It's no, it's definitely bigger. not. I mean, it, my my wife will probably enjoy using this a lot more. Um, there's a couple of things that I noticed, and this could just be the beta. I didn't get uh, voice control in my own drive content. So, like, if I got movies on a USB drive, which you can drill into now, a lot easier than you could do in the old Xbox. Sure. You don't have the voice control over that. Okay. Video content, um, which is a little bit of a shame, but that's fine. Um, and I just, yeah, I haven't seen any apps yet on the beta store. So the only ones I can see is... Um, 
obviously there's the Connect video chat, there is the Facebook and the Twitter apps. It's probably a lot more in the States, but I'm not seeing a lot down here in New Zealand, and there's definitely nothing on the TV Interesting. tab at the moment. Now, what I'm interested shame. in, I've heard there's a Windows Phone app now also that will let you control uh, the Xbox and also get an extra information. One of the things I'll often do, if we start watching a movie or even looking at mo- movies to watch, I'll go and have a look on IMDb and various other things and try and get some information or I want to know who the act- actors are and read a bit of a bio or you know get a bit more information. And it seems like there's a Windows Phone app that's going to uh, hook in and, and let you do some of those sorts of things. Yep. I'm interested whether Microsoft will, um, I guess, have the the wherewithal to make sure something also comes out on iPhone and other platforms, or if this is just going to be a little bit of a sweetener for those people that have uh, chosen to go with a full Microsoft ecosystem and have got a Windows phone and, a, and an Xbox. Any any thoughts on that, guys? I, I think the app comes out um, 24 hours after the release of the... I was reading on Engadget today, so it's right. the companion app, it's called. Yeah, I've just checked um, it's not there. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's going on any other platforms. Mm. I think it's only Windows Phone only, but we may need to contact someone from Microsoft to find out on that one. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, uh, it is interesting because I know that Microsoft seem to be taking that approach now of, of making things very open and working across a lot of platforms. But I can understand from time to time they might choose and say, we're just going to do this for Windows Phone as a, as a little bit of a, a special feature. Now, I've got an interesting question. The chat room guys at GeekZone are um, already getting some updates by the looks of things. Excellent. So um, it's already rolling out. One of the questions from one of the guys is, I'd love to know if the voice stuff is better than Siri. Yes. Now, I'm guessing it's just the voice recognition stuff, not the, um, uh, not the actual voice command structure. Because Siri does have a very natural voice command structure, whereas the Microsoft Xbox voice commands are still very, 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 very structured. So it's Xbox to kick it off, and then you tell it a task. It's not like you can sit there going, Xbox, kind of thinking that maybe at 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon I might get around to actually sitting down and watching that movie that I downloaded the other day, which Siri would translate into something useful. The Xbox won't do that sort of uh, translation. It's not natural. Uh, it won't pick up natural speak. It works off command-based systems. But in saying that, um, the Bing search engine, for instance, will give you that natural, um, uh, you know, Xbox, show me all Batman movies. Yep. So it does that. And so then, it's, still, it's, it's reasonably flexible, but it's still quite structured. Yeah, but it work, it's very accurate on picking up what you're saying, what you're doing. Um, when you're playing movies, fast forward to 2 minutes 34, yep. pause, um, go. You can reload things, so it doesn't have the natural inter- intelligence of of Siri. Yeah. But I think the accuracy is a little bit better, if that makes sense. Oh, the accuracy! I've not had any accuracy issues with my um, with the beta test, which is kind of cool, considering it's a beta test. Yeah. So you know, yeah. Um, and in using Siri, also, I think it uses a lot more of the geo mapping around you, which yeah. can be which is its downfall in New Zealand, right? Whereas Xbox is not doing that. No, pretty much. It's basically just doing voice commands. So, um, yeah, I would say different activities, accuracy is a little bit better on the Xbox as it is a structured command line system. Bing's pretty good. Um, but Siri, if they got location in New Zealand, would beat it hands down. So I'm going to have a trial of um, the, the my obviously my uh, dev test Xbox is running the beta. So that's a Kiwi Xbox. I've got an American Xbox as well, which I'm going to compare the two together just to see what the markets give us in, in difference. And I suspect the gap's going to be wider than Texas. Well, the interesting thing is that in the US, you know, they, they've been working for a long time to get all the TV deals in place. So there's going to be a lot of content that is uh, targeted at the US market. I think it's a real pity that here in New Zealand, 
there don't seem to have been the deals done with TVNZ and and Sky TV3 and so on for uh, you know a whole chunk of local content. And let's hope something will come through in the future. Maybe they'll be able to hook something up even with the Zilln guys. Um, Australia have got a bucket load of content. Forget Fox; they've got ABC Nine. Um, there's actually there's four ABC channels. There's um, SBS on on the Xbox. I mean, they've actually really locked it down. So it seems like Microsoft are pretty open to to hooking things up with the broadcasters. Yeah. So I guess it could be two things. One, it could be the New Zealand broadcasters are dragging their feet in terms of being involved. Or it might just be that it's too early for those deals to be established or in smaller small. markets like New Zealand. Yeah, and I think the issue is we're too small. Okay, well, let, let's hope that they can pull that stuff together. Because I think if they have a standard way of doing it, uh, there, there'd be a lot of value in broadcasters hooking in and it shouldn't be too much work. But but let's wait and see on that. Um, I'm, I'm actually just a little bit annoyed, though, because I found out that um, Brad has just ousted me as the mayor of the NZ Tech Podcast Studios on Foursquare. Really? I'm not even using Foursquare. No, I asked Sorry, I must have been Skip then. All right, I'll blame Skip. <laughs> Somebody did. I wondered why you're so quiet and sitting in the corner there, I just know. a bit sullen. I was, I was just but like, I mean, what? I've just got this message. It's, yeah, it's, look, uh, it, once you get the update, I, I have, I'm, I'm waiting to hear what what um, fails on it because obviously there is always a bit of a fail when you're updating 55 million devices or whatever it is. And I'll be interested to hear from the listeners um, their experiences next week when whenever gets their updates too. But I, I would love to see TV TVNZ on demand. It'd be good. Okay, one question: PlayStation. What are the what what? Um, where does where does this leave Sony? They've obviously got some some TV capabilities. They do, and the, this is um, what it does. The interface, I think, puts it a little bit. Uh, it's objective, isn't it? When you talk about interface design, I think the um, the interface for the PlayStation is still quite nice and still quite easy to navigate through. Both platforms I mean, it, are great for gaming. Bottom the, line, right? they're great for gaming. I think the PlayStation probably had its edge on the interface design a little bit more on the old Xbox. This new Xbox design probably competes a lot better. Um, the inclusion of apps in the states is going to be huge for the Xbox. I'm uh, not sure if the PlayStation does that as such, but what PlayStation does do is that it provides a... It's a Blu-ray player, for starters. Web browser? Um, it does uh, does a web browser, although the web browser's, yeah, 50-50. Um, it does have local content, uh, NZ, TVNZ On Demand, as yes, part of that, that which, we, which we can't get through Xbox yet. No, that's right. Mm. And um, does have a couple other music video on-demand type services that are available for New Zealand. So the, what Sony does is... It does a better job, I think, in terms of global reach of free content like the music on demand services and the video and all that sort of stuff over the Microsoft one, which tends to be very regionalized. Um, so it's, it's just one of those things. I, To be honest, I couldn't really call um, which would be the better platform from a New Zealand standpoint. I still would ear towards the Xbox because it's new and flash and whizzy and that sort of stuff. And it depends what you want to do with it, right? Well, that's right. And But the content... On the PlayStation is more. There is more local content available for it. Doesn't have the voice recognition control stuff though. Okay. Okay. So it's a it's a, it's a fifty fifty, and of course the consoles are dropping in prices anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. No, that's good to hear. But in in your in your home, you've uh, you've made a bit of a call um, Xbox wise anyway, right? Yeah, I'm I'm very Microsoft centric at home. In fact, everyone at the office thinks I'm being brainwashed by Brad. It's probably I have no idea what you mean. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Brad. 
Sorry, man. All right. Well, got, uh, oh, it's funny. I've got PlayStation. I mean, you've uh, got PlayStation's coming out everywhere. You got PlayStations in the refrigerator for crying out loud. <laughs> well, I guess I have to say we're uh, Xbox. We're sorry. a reasonably informed uh, bunch here, and I guess we, you know, we give every product a, a fair opportunity. And end of the day, you've got to use at home. What what it, what is your personal preference after actually having a look at the whole lot? And if at the moment that's Xbox, that could change in the future, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we. I think you see it. Apple have been innovators in one space. They've kind of dropped back a bit. A few other places. Google have moved into spaces. Windows Phone are moving into a different space here. And it's kind of like we're back into that competitive cycle again. So, I mean, who knows? It's cool. It is great. I love, I love it. it. I mean, innovation winning is, is, is a win for all consumers, really. Excellent. Now, a quick one on, and I won't go too much into this, flight technology. Oh, this is so cool. My friend uh, Dave Cogan, thanks Dave, took me up in his plane on Saturday night, and it's a little two seater, and I don't have all I don't have all the details. I rang oh, him I'm before to get a few now. more details. Uh, <laughs> but basically, this is a plane that you can buy effectively as a kit set from the US, and then uh, it's built here. So you've got two options with a plane: you can go and buy a fully built, you know, fully built plane, or you can go out and you can buy these. The kit set's probably a, a too simple way of doing it because it has to be put together by an appropriate sort of engineer and all the things have got to be done and I think it was um, you know, many hundreds of hours to actually put the thing together um, but really really interesting actually going up in this plane and the flight panel on it well, the, all, the, uh, all the controls and so on were amazing and really you know using some of the, some of the um, latest technologies and and how it was controlled and navigation uh so i I heard a lot about how it can you know fly when you can't see where you're going and uh through various sort of weather scenarios we tried out the autopilot so you know you set a height and where you wanted to head and then you know we took a hands off and there's the there's the plane sort of you know curving away to uh to head in the direction that was required and so on Really, really cool stuff, and uh, yeah, neat that we've got some of this uh, new technology uh, so close at hand. And it, yeah, it was a real privilege to be able to go up and uh, and and check this thing out, and it felt very safe. And also, if you want to, if you're into flight, uh, Microsoft are looking for beta testers of the new, uh, yes. not the flight simulator. Well, it's a flight They're simulator. Calling it flight, aren't yeah, they? it's flight. So go to connect.microsoft.com. Uh, register on that, search for flight, and you can submit your Xbox Live and your PC ta- gamer handle, and you might be able to get on the beta for Ooh, that. Or is it coming yep. to both? Potentially. Mm, really? That, that, sound, that sounds interesting. Cause really? For about 20, for, it was something like 20 years, Microsoft Flight Simulator was around. It was kind of like the, the flight simulator, yeah. right? And then they, they dumped it. And wow! Well, they merged that team into Bing to do all the. See, in New Zealand, we don't have the three D like the Google Maps where you go fly through the buildings. That engine became the Bing flight engine that you do in everything in the states. I was wow. actually just a little confused here and wondering why they took flight simulator geeks and put them into Bing Search, but that makes sense. Yeah, the Bing mapping system. Yeah, yeah. So you do the mapping because the mapping used well, to be you do really sort of like a fly through. Correct. Yeah, you can stuff, you right? can move around, and, and that, yeah. again, UK, Europe, you get all that sort of you know again from coming back from the states. You get a lot of stuff there. Mm, very cool. Now, other gadgets, the Amazon Kindle Fire. Yes. Brad, you scored one of these in the US. This is kind of a... The a, hot thing at the, the moment. Hot, a hot new item. Some reviews are slating it. Other people are loving it. You seem to be pretty keen on it. T- oh, tell all. Okay, first off, guess what? This is not an iPad statement. If you go to buy this to be an iPad, 
you will it will fail you if you buy it for 199 dollar ebook movie audio and app device that's seven inch and has 12 hours of battery life because that's what i'm getting out of mine at the moment it is stunning so this is really this good. is US dollars. So yep. and they're not being sold in New Zealand. Are no, two hundred jump through some hoops. Two hundred and seventy-five New Zealand dollars all up. It's cost me. Mm. Um, this and thing plus a flight to the US. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this thing is absolutely beautiful to use. I mean, look, look I was in. Um, it's got, it comes with Amazon Prime, which is a um, uh, the Amazon Store's video. Um, you get free of char- You get free for a month, and I was able to um, sit there and just I downloaded uh, Top Gun and Super Eight. Um, you get it for 24 hours I was able to watch that on the plane I read a couple of books um, I had some other videos that I pulled across um, it's Wi-Fi only it is lacking a camera it doesn't have a camera it is 1080p um, but it's designed for you to consume the web it's built on um, our what do you mean it's 1080p it doesn't have a 1080p screen does it yeah no apparently well, that's what the resolution you're getting out of it yes apparently so and that's what I I looked at the specs and it didn't add up when no, I, I think it might have 1080p output no, there's no output on it. There's no output on it. When I was looking at the specs of it, they were saying there's 1080p um, playback on it. So interesting. Yeah, I don't think on the on the native screen because I'm pretty sure the no, the yeah. res isn't that res. Yeah, well, I'll show you that. Okay, I'll show you 10. I'm on the same thing. I was looking at all the different specs of this beforehand. Skip can look it up and do the uh, hardcore research. Yeah, no. Well, on the website they have 1080p. It's interesting because I couldn't I couldn't get my 1080p videos to play nicely. But we'll have a look at that one afterwards because yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, but it and it it does lack like I would like to be able to have um Skype and a microphone. It doesn't have those sort of facilities because it's not designed to do that. It's designed for you to consume information mm. so if you want to do things like have front facing cameras and all that sort of stuff then the iPad's for you but if you're wanting to get a device that's 7 inch holds in your hand and it's got really really beautiful video output and book reader and can do oh this thing does flash on the on the web browser too so um, and the app store is pretty I mean it's pretty good I haven't had any problems with it so far so yeah no I really really like this and I have an iPad and I have a whole lot of other devices but this is looking I'm addicted to this already and you know we're selling 6 million of them I think it's going to be yeah, it's going to build up the ecosystem pretty mm. quickly. Yeah, and that should uh, that should certainly help Am- and Amazon's fortunes out. And I think we chatted about that last week. They seem to get a bit of a bump in their share price when the, those first sort of sales figures were being announced. So, yeah, uh, no, yeah, and I mean, like, it's got all the for the basic. You know how we always talk about Windows Phone having to have that eighty percent of the same um, apps that um, Apple has bar the ones that require voice or video they've got pretty much everything else yeah that, that's good so it was pretty cool from that side no it's definitely one that I think we're going to do you guys can have a play with and see what you, th- see what you think excellent now an interesting uh, little bit of new snippet just has come come through on a new rugged ThinkPad the X130e which is aimed at the education market uh, classroom so them. type and so on and uh, we've been, I've played a bit around with uh, the previous model to this the uh, ThinkPad X120 uh, which is quite a cool um, low cost sort of around a thousand dollar type sub notebook one of those smaller ones the 11 and a half inch screen this does something similar but they bumped up the battery life um, to to over over ten hours or in the no towards ten hours I think around eight hours, uh, and they've made it really rugged so um, so it can cope with the knocks around that things get in school or getting even getting in your luggage when you're you know flying around the place so it's a bit a bit tougher which which I guess is typical a lot of the the higher end ThinkPad models are usually uh, quite tough and designed to to cope with a bit of um, 
rough and tumble. But you know, this is unusual because this is again one of these sub one thousand uh, dollar uh, laptops. That's not bad. Yeah, that, yeah, that's not bad at all. So it looks quite nice. So I don't know whether they get, there's what the variation will be if there's a non-education classroom type model of it coming and and if and when it comes to New Zealand. But uh, but that looks quite cool. Now one final bit of a New Zealand topic to discuss before we wrap up. Last week we chatted about Telstra Clear having or announcing that they would be giving unmetered broadband over the weekend. So anyone with a with a Telstra Clear um, cable or ADSL connection in their home would be able to download as much as they want, watch as many YouTube videos as they want, without that usage sort of counting against their monthly usage. Do we have any stats? Do we know any feedback from people that did this? Well, there's, yeah, there's been a few interesting uh, bits of feedback coming coming back from people. Now, I was going to be in a position where I was going to be on a cable connection over the weekend. That didn't eventuate. I ended up staying in Auckland and uh, driving around the Mondeo. Um, but we have, have had a fair bit of feedback from, from people out there. Brad, uh, Skip, do you want to... Uh, yeah, share, share so I, some of the bits and pieces. I know there was a bit up on uh, Tech Day did quite a good article on it as well, right? Yeah, Tech Day did an official um, press release from uh, Telstra Clear, which is uh, which is great because we actually sent uh, reached out to Telstra Clear on their Twitter account to see if they'd actually give us a feedback. Because, well, let's put it this way: when we asked people out in our in our little Twitter sphere what they thought of this whole weekend, generally the feedback was negative. In fact, one comment I had from one of the customers was, if they're going to do this again, I'm going to leave, because it just, their internet ground to a halt. Just complete and utter horribleness. But there was a few stories where people were saying it worked quite well, you know, they got data, and um, the official press release reckons that for the uh, two, was it two and a bit days that they had this running? They uh, Telstra Clear and did a total usage of 359 terabytes of data. Wow. <laughs> I know. So I wonder how that compares with the usual amount. Well, or, or don't they tell you? Oh, what they did is they said on the uh, on the cable network, um, they actually watched the usage go from uh, the usual 76 odd terabytes to 232 terabytes. So people torrented. Let's <laughs> just put it straight out there. People downloaded torrents. I know that a few people actually uh, downloaded uh, the likes of ISOs for um, Linux, you know, the legitimate stuff that you torrent. But I'm sure there was plenty of illegal material being downloaded oh, look, over so there. So were they monitoring time. and sending out um, infringement notices as well? Well, they don't. The ISPs aren't. And, and They're not doing it, are they? No, they the media companies that do it. The media companies do it, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it, what they basically said is that uh, generally everyone found it was uh, a good experience. This is the official press release, and um, that, uh, in fact, some customers were able to download more than their entire monthly 30 gig cap in the one weekend. So, you know, clearly some people actually, well, let's, let's put it this way. Clearly, they actually did the data. There was a lot of data going there through. Was, there, there was a lot of data. Now, their press release makes it sound really, really nice, but what we saw via feedback on GeekZone and, and other people talking to us directly was that it was definitely a bunch of people that were impacted directly and had you know some some of them had reasonably shocking results with their with their internet performance yeah now what the Telstra clear have said about this is that they acknowledge that some customers were unhappy with their internet experience uh, 
but they just noted that there was a few that didn't kind of mind the slower speeds because they were getting unlimited data caps. Well, in some cases, some people were just so frustrated with it. And I think it also had flow-on effects for some of the uh, sub-tier um, providers. Uh, I think Snap uses Telstra Clear as a global gateway service, or maybe it actually impact. I Actually, no, I did see a Snap customer complain about it impacting on their service, so maybe the local DSL slam was a bit yeah, overloaded they and use, stuff like that. Um, global World, World Net or something. No. Glo- global Gateway. Thank global you. Gateway, yeah. yeah which yeah. is the, uh, I think it's a telecom spin off that one. But um, yeah, I mean, there's, uh, let's say, I, I think the general consensus is it wasn't entirely a great scheme. A lot of people I've been talking to were frustrated um, with the slow speeds. Uh, Telstra's answer has been well, there were a few that had unrelated data issues a few people had actually hardware faults but what Telstra Clear did is they actually increased their international capacity to deal with this and uh, they have hinted that they might look at doing this again so maybe they're just going to continue tweaking this a little bit more but the reality I, I is, I have to say, I'm I'm glad I'm not a Telstra Clear customer because that it would have annoyed me if I was trying to watch a movie down from you know US or I was trying to use Skype and other things, and those are the sorts of things I heard people saying didn't work. Now my connection actually runs reasonably reliably today, and my data cap, yeah, I'd love it to be high, but it actually works okay. Yeah. So that would that would have annoyed me, but yeah. Oh well, what I can say is I don't have to eat my hat. No, you don't have to eat your hat as you offered to uh, to last week. Yep, it was um, was a chocolate hat, by the way. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening in. That has been the NZ Tech Podcast for another week. We will catch you again very soon. Do visit us online nztechpodcast.com, facebook.com slash nztechpodcast, twitter.com slash nztechpodcast, or feel free to drop us an email feedback at nz techpodcast.com did I get all of those right? you did this week oh that's good that's good you had to fix it up for me last week didn't you I messed it up (laughs) alright see you guys later see everyone have a nice night bye bye